Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. Our community is a fierce collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And today we're talking about the power of women, music, and marketing with Carla Ortiz. As the founder of Monarch Entertainment and former digital marketing executive at Universal Music Group, Carla has been the inspiration behind some of today's most viral moments in music. For the past decade, Ortiz has been the go-to connector for digital service providers, inking deals for both independent and artists signed to top labels across multiple genres of music. She's worked with music icons such as Rihanna, Kanye West, Mary J. Blige, David Foster, Andrea Bocelli, Sarah McLaughlin, and Rod Stewart, just to name a few. We are so excited to welcome Carla today and chat all about women and music. Please help me welcome her. Hi, Carla. Hi, Maria. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for joining today. And we're I people who listen to this podcast know I am a huge music nerd. So being able to sit down with you and um, talk about something that I'm so passionate about and you very clearly are passionate about. Very excited. So thanks for being here. My pleasure. I'm excited to join you today and, uh, you know, be a part of this incredible community that you've all built. Thank you. Yeah, we got some pretty amazing women in here. So you fit right in. <laughs> um, we're going to start right at the beginning because, you know, music is, like I said, it's just one of those tying pieces in my life and so many other people's lives. But I want to start, you've had such a wide career, you know, you're still incredibly young for the path that you're currently on in the music industry. What led you here and where did the inspiration come from to start your own company? Ooh, it's been, um, many, many years in the making. Uh, you know, since I was a child, I, you know, always joke that I grew up, um, when we would have cable, uh, you know, watching MTV and being so inspired by music videos and, you know, the uh, aspirational aspect of, you know, music videos back when we didn't have social media, you know, that was what we had to look forward to. It was, you know, the, uh, you know, glamour and music videos um, and, you know, magazines. And I think for me, you know, the um, kind of mystique and the excitement behind, you know, the music itself was something that just really excited me as a child. And, um, growing up with that and kind of always having that in the back of my mind. I want to know and understand what that world is about. How does it come together and who makes this happen? And, um, you know, that that uh, interest and curiosity, you know, stayed with me throughout, you know, high school and, and in college. And my first internship was actually with Ryan Seacrest on the morning show um, oh, here in, in Los Angeles. And that was when I actually first met Rihanna. Uh, when she had come in uh, for an interview for her first single, Ponder Replay. Mm -hmm. And at the same time as I was interning there, I decided um, to seek out a second internship, which is where I started out at Universal Music Group. And there, at the time, it wasn't even called digital. It was called New Media. And it was essentially their first internship 
department tied to you know new media slash digital. And uh, this is back when marketing would happen on message boards um, <laughs> online. And so that was kind of the onset and the start. Um, I you know essentially applied for that, and I ended up getting that um, internship opportunity. It was a competitive, uh, you know, 50 student program and uh, one student would win intern of the semester, which would lead to a part-time job with the uh, department. And uh, after a very intense and competitive uh, semester, I ended up winning intern of the semester. And that was kind of the start of, you know, my official uh, career, if you will, in the music business. That's, I mean... That's amazing. I, I just have to say, because as someone, you know, who same, like, I feel like, you know, I grew up, I wanted to know what the paths were. You got those paths, you found those paths for yourself. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, mentorship along the way, and maybe some of the guidance that you received along that path. But how fun is that? One of the first, you know, <laughs> people that you get to connect with is Rihanna. That's um, that not a lot of people can say that. So Yeah, it was interesting. And then, you know, fast forward, I ended up um, moving, you know, from department to department at Universal. And I'd say within about a year, I ended up um, in a support role, a marketing support role for the national marketing director of Island Def Jam, which is the label in which Rihanna was signed to. So I ended up, you know, working various uh, campaigns and um, rollouts for her following releases after Ponder Replay. So it was kind of amazing how it all came full circle so quickly and then just kind of, you know, continue to uh, move forward from there. And, and, you know, we could probably host an entire episode just on the marketing side of the what you do, but you've obviously been really successful at understanding that shift between, you know, how media used to be done way back in the day um, to now, you know, with social media, viral moments. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that transition has been like, because, you know, pivoting is one of those things that's really been talked about through, you know, throughout COVID the last couple of years, but seems like you've been doing that for quite a while. So I'd love to know, you know, in terms of those changes that have come along the way, how did you know it was the right time to navigate through a different career change, you know, through a pivot and ultimately leading to, you know, leaving Universal and starting your own brand? Yeah. So I think uh, at the core, it's about following your intuition and, um, you know, listening to your inner voice. I think there were different moments in my career where I aspired for more and, you know, really wanted to continue growing and learning and finding myself in positions where I felt like there was a bit of, you know, either a bottleneck or, you know, having reached a ceiling where I, I didn't feel like I could push through any further. And at Universal in particular, you know, I was there for 11 years. And in my last role, I was heading up digital marketing uh, for Verve Music Group. And I think the biggest thing was you know, there was um, a lot of turnover happening across the company. And uh, in terms of trying to figure out my next fit uh, professionally, there weren't a whole lot of opportunities within the Universal Music Group system because there were a lot of other folks that were very content in their digital roles. Mm -hmm. And I, I really wanted to continue to challenge myself and figure out um, how can I expand what I already know 
and potentially do so in a different industry so that I'm not pigeonholed to just music. Um, something for me, you know, uh, that I had heard a lot, you know, throughout my time in music initially was if you're in music, you kind of have to stay in music always. And the ability to move out of, you know, that uh, specific industry is going to be challenging uh, because it's so unique and it's so different from other you know, uh, types of businesses and, and industries overall. And that was for me, anytime I'm given a challenge like that, I, I find it a personal mission to mm-hmm. <laughs> overcome it and figure out how do I, how do I make that happen? And so I had stumbled across an opportunity to work for a CPG company, um, heading up digital engagement. Uh, and while there were many similarities from a traditional marketing standpoint in terms of tactics and objectives and executions, it was very different um, in terms of the products, the the demographics we were going after and all of that. And for me, that was something really exciting to be able to take what I already knew, but also immerse myself in a new pool of, you know, cerebral individuals and um, expand the way that I I saw the world, you know, from a, a marketing standpoint, but also, you know, as a female executive. Yeah. Well, and there's so much that ties into all of that, right? And as you know, I, I took marketing in university um, here in Canada. And as a when you go through that program, you know, really your your goal is to find ways to communicate something in a way that speaks to multiple people on multiple levels. So no matter what industry you're in, it's a very powerful role that you have. And the fact that you were able to shift that to different industries is really, really cool. Um I have so many places I want to go, but I want to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the artists that you worked with. We mentioned Rihanna. I mean, obviously, you know, in your bio, we talked about quite a few artists that you've worked with. Has there been a particular experience or, you know, actual job that you worked on that really was a a pinch me moment for you? You knew it was going somewhere, um, you know, something you can share with our, our listeners, or is there a particular story that you know, you've had viral moments with the jobs that you've done, something that pops out. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, growing up as a, you know, big music fan, one of my first CDs back in the day when there were still brick and mortar stores and, you know, Blockbuster Music and Tower Records and the warehouse and all of that. I remember um, my brother helping guide me on, on what uh, CD singles to purchase because I was a little clueless as I was so young. And, you know, one of them was um, Mary J. Blige, Real Love. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, you know, falling in love with her voice and obviously seeing her on MTV at the time and, um, you know, finding her to just be this strong, powerful, beautiful woman um, was something that always inspired me, um, you know, as a, a young teen and a and, uh, young adult in general. And so fast forward um, in my, you know, first support role while I was also working Rihanna, I had the opportunity to work uh, Mary J. Blige's The Breakthrough um, at the time she was, you know, with Interscope Geffen. And I remember meeting her at the in-store that, you know, we hosted and, and our team had organized and I got to meet her. And when I met her, she says to me, do I know you? I feel like I know you. And for me, that was a really... Um, overwhelming yet exciting moment. And I just thought to myself in my head, you know, I sure know you, but no, you don't know me. I was recently at your concert, but I was in the nosebleeds. So no, you don't know me. (laughs) And, um, 
you know, a few years later, I actually got to work even more intimately with her when I was um, at Verve Music Group and we released her holiday album that David Foster produced. And I, you know, had the opportunity to personally curate the digital marketing plan and, you know, work with global teams to implement different um, customized activations for it. And obviously work closely with her and her team, which was just such a full circle moment Mm -hmm. and really special. You know, when, when I mentioned that pinch me moment, you know, a lot of us have these, you know, in particular as girls, as young girls, a lot of times we're looking up to these other women as our heroes, right? Like as this inspiration, like, wow, she can do that. I can do that too. Um, So to, to hear, you know, younger Carla getting to that point in a journey, that's so fun to, to hear that story. And she is incredible. You know, there's so many inspiring women artists out there who just are moving the dial in so many fantastic ways, not even just through the work they're doing, but, you know, behind the microphone too, right? They're pushing the envelope for women's equality, for equal pay, for, you know, the the standards that we're putting out there. Um, I'd love to know, and this wasn't originally on my question list, but I'd love to know if there's, you know, what what ideal future would you like to see for, for the music industry when it comes to women and the portrayal of women and the way we're lifting each other up? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so many thoughts as it relates to that. Um, I think that opening the door for more um, female run departments and, uh, you know, female run programs I think is extremely important. The music industry is extremely male, you know, uh, male dominated and it continues to be that way. We've made some headway with, you know, various, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, female executives across, you know, a variety of the majors and some of the, you know, major independents. But even then uh, a lot of, you know, the core decision makers as it relates to how the business is run still remains, you know, uh, with men. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, again, initiating uh, various empowerment programs uh, for mentorship within the industry, as well as education, you know, within the industry is extremely important. I feel like, you know, in some instances, it's really important to remind women to not be competitive, you know, in in the sense of, I'm not saying we can't be competitive, you know, uh, because we're women you know, men are competitive every day. I'm not saying that I'm saying, as opposed to, you know, uh, viewing other women around you as a competitor, you know, let's kind of, you know, unite and become a stronger force as one, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, trying to push each other out in certain instances. I think that's a big thing that I've witnessed in the business that I, I would love to change. And I'd love to kind of reshape yeah. Well, and you've put yourself in a position to be able to do that, right? We need more women like you having these conversations and showing, you know, as a woman executive leading the way that it is possible to see a different landscape for women in the industry. There's um, a saying that we talk about a couple of times in our community, which is to raise as you climb, right? So this idea of mentorship and women who have been there or women who have helped to kind of start the path or forge that path, recognizing other women, you know, working around them that may need that just a little bit extra encouragement to kind of bring them up with them, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, it's so interesting in my career. Um, I've had executives uh, make comments to me like, why is your lipstick so bright? Does it have to be that bright? And, uh, you know, in other instances, you know, how old are you? Do you really understand the topic that we're discussing? You know, little, little kind of jabs here and there, you know, that are, in my opinion, so unnecessary and uncalled for that, unfortunately, we've had to deal with. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, also having male advocates, you know, in different positions to help, in a sense, um, uh, not protect, but help uh, create an environment that is, you know, uh, safe and conducive and uh, supportive. Yeah, those allies, those allies are so important. Yeah, no, 100%. Now, you know, we're, we've talked about female mentorship and empowerment. And I want to talk about the power of music itself, because especially like, you know, COVID seems to still be a topic that comes up so much because we've all changed over the last couple of years as we kind of navigated. Um, but music has been kind of one of those tying pieces that has brought people together. It really has the power to do that. I was recently um, at a Michael Buble concert. He's a good old Canadian boy here. Um, you know, and Lizzo was here as well in in Canada. And it was a it was a topic that came up in both shows where it was, you know, we're seeing a lot of division in the world. We're seeing a lot of people not understanding each other, people judging each other for their beliefs or, you know, lack of beliefs. Um, but music, you know, when you're at a show or you're in an environment where you're hearing something and everybody is tuned into that same powerful music. It's like that glimmer of hope again, that we do all connect on some level. We just got to find what that level is. How do you, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of leading up to this really (laughs) heavy question, but you're a part of that facilitation, right? Like you, the work that you do helps to facilitate that bringing together of people. How do you navigate through the responsibility of that and knowing that you're, you know, fulfilling your purpose? That's a really good question. I would say, you know, at, at the end of the day, my, my initial and uh, sort of primary responsibility as a marketer is to the artist. And mm-hmm. so it's really being in tune with what the artist is looking to achieve and what their goals are with their music. And, you know, once I can understand the narrative of the music that they're bringing to market and, you know, how they're interested in connecting with their fans, that really helps provide me with the initial kind of roadmap of how I want to guide and direct, you know, the implementation of any, you know, specific tactics or any campaigns or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, any social engagement initiatives that will you know, put forward. Um, I think the other thing is also helping the artist understand who their fans are Mm -hmm. and where they live and uh, how to best engage them. And yeah. And so, you know, with, you know, the recent uh, uh, iteration of, you know, social media, especially with, you know, the surge in uh, use of TikTok, it's been a lot of fun you know, helping guide artists on how to navigate, you know, the video app, um, as well as educating them on how, you know, music is marketed on the platform and how it's really become the new discovery tool. You know, what was once radio is now TikTok. 
Yeah. It's, it's so different. So we, we talked about Rod Stewart in your bio and he had quite a viral moment. Um, it wasn't too long ago on TikTok. Is that so kind of getting artists to understand that new avenue of, you know, exploring, having fun, being a bit goofy and just relating to their people. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's, it's, you know, TikTok is a platform that's a sense of community. Um, it's a platform where you don't have to be so perfect and polished. Yeah. And the biggest topic right now in the industry is how TikTok is kind of bridging the gap between new releases and catalog, uh, you know, previous releases from various artists. Okay. And it's kind of blurring the lines because anything and everything is now new and relevant, depending on what's happening on the app and how people are utilizing the sound or how it's connecting to a, a timely social conversation. So mm. it's it's a really interesting time. And uh, I'm really excited to see how this kind of helps reshape not only, you know, the discoverability of music and artists, but the overall consumption. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I find it exciting. I have two teens um, and my daughter in particular is really obsessed with music, very similar to how I was. Actually, my son is too. And um, and what I find is a lot of times they're coming to me, mom, you got to watch this TikTok. Look at this, you know, look at this young girl. She's 15 and like, look what she's able to do. Look at the song she wrote, right? Or, you know, my son's very heavily into rap and Juice World. This is absolute favorite. Um and, you know, he's able to kind of tap into that creative side of what the artists bring. And it's through social media that he's getting that content. So the work, you know, that you're doing, it ties in so many different generations. And um, I, I just find it so very inspiring. I do. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot now, of it is. I, I can only imagine. I, I really like, I would love to be a fly on the wall for one day of <laughs> your day at work. <laughs> um now, before we get into our rapid fire questions, um, there, you know, you talked a little bit about helping the artist understand and how does that work with your values? Have you ever had an instance where, you know, what you see or what you, your, the values that you represent don't necessarily mesh with an artist and how do you, how do you work with that? That is a really great question. This is actually something I've not talked a lot about because I've always tried to remain in a neutral space as it relates to my clients and the projects that I've worked on. Mm. However, uh, I will say that there has been, um, I'll just say in general, a label that I've worked with that uh, brings to market a lot of really um, kind of vulgar and um, sexually charged music. Mm. And I have found myself in a few different instances where it was just a little bit too much for me. It was a little bit too forward, a little bit too foul. And while I still did, you know, my best to do what I needed to do to fulfill, you know, the responsibilities of the project and, you know, help make them successful. I did find myself at times kind of asking myself, what am I doing, you know, working this project in particular? And, you know, while I understand it's, it's, um, it's home, if you will, in the music space and, mm-hmm. and its audience and, you know, where it fits, it's definitely not me. And it doesn't align with who I am, how I am, or how I behave. And it was a little challenging at times, you know, yeah. for me to really immerse myself and get fully behind it. But 
I was able to push through and have since um, separated myself from projects like that. I think, you know, it is important, you know, to remain true to who you are and what you stand for and, you know, how you want to represent yourself and how you want to be perceived. And that was something that was a learning experience for me, you know, uh, many years into the business. So, yeah, I've definitely had that moment. Thank you for sharing that because it, you know, as someone who originally looked into the music industry and, and that was a, a big piece for me was trying to figure out, you know, how would I even go and navigate through that? So I just kind of decided on a different route. Um, but, you know, you've been able to stick through and, and really kind of forge your own path that way. So that's very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I think Really quickly, just to add to that, yeah. you know, and tying into your question earlier, um, you know, my venture out into starting my own company um, happened in the middle of the pandemic. It was in July of 2020. And it was, you know, after working for uh, a really great, you know, independent distributor, um, heading up marketing, but realizing that I wanted to be able to identify, uh, select and truly empower projects and artists that I believe in. Mm -hmm. And that I want to stand behind as opposed to sort of being forced to work XYZ project because it's my responsibility as part of said company. And that's been the biggest joy in getting to be on my own and doing what I'm doing now. It's not easy. Like I can tell you, (laughs) right. And I'm sure you've seen the changes from working for someone else to now working for yourself and everything's on you. Again, that's probably number three podcast that we <laughs> we could host. <laughs> um, you know, but we work with so many women entrepreneurs that, you know, it's a conversation we're constantly having, especially as women, right? The number of roles that you take on and then knowing that all that responsibility is on you as a, a business owner. Um, I mean, it looks like you're doing pretty great, but <laughs> I'm glad that you've been able to kind of find that path for yourself. It's very inspiring. All right, we have one last question and then we're going to go into some rapid fire. Um, And this question is really, you know, just to kind of close out this idea of the power of women in music. And I'd love if you could share any advice that you might give to someone listening or any other women on how to overcome self-doubt or fears that they might have in pursuing their own passions. I mean, you're a clear story. You loved something, you went after it. How can you give some advice to other women who maybe are struggling to do the same? That's a great question. I would highly recommend anytime you have self-doubt or fear, the best way to combat that is research, it's education, and it's Mm -hmm. self-empowerment. There were times where I would, you know, be asked to take on certain task projects or responsibilities, and I wasn't entirely sure, um, how to approach it or not entirely sure exactly what I needed to do. And I would, you know, quickly just start looking into resources and ask questions, you know, to mm-hmm. different folks that I felt were maybe experts in the space or in, in that, you know, specific uh, area. And I think it's about, you know, surrounding yourself with people who are going to support you and help provide you with the tools necessary. And, if maybe you don't have specific people around you to help you, there's a community online mm-hmm. and it's really just a matter of, you know, looking into um, maybe it's different groups on Facebook or, 
you know, um, various organizations. Um, I mean, there's so many different places that you can go to for um, support. And I think also some mentorship um, communities. Yeah. And leaning in, you know, to the tools and resources around you. Once you, you know, empower yourself with the education aspect of it, you'll quickly learn that there is no more fear because you are now knowledgeable about whatever it is that you previously didn't know anything about. Yeah. And now you have more questions or you have more specific ideas as to what path or direction you want to move into. And it'll start to slowly unravel and unfold as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. I love that. We're, we're huge fans of, you know, we have a mentorship program and, you know, with revolution, her, we've just cracked over 60,000 women that we've been able to support. And for us, that that's the big, that's the big conversation is, you know, you don't have to be scared to ask questions when you find the right people in your circle that you feel confident and safe to say, I really don't know what I'm doing here, or I'm really struggling with this, or, you know, I, I need help. Um, yeah. you, you know, it's so important to find those communities wherever they may be. And a lot of times what we hear is that women are able to find them, you know, not necessarily being industry specific, which is really exciting too, because sometimes you need that different perspective completely outside of your world to give you an opportunity to hear things in a different way or see things in a different way to help you move forward. So absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that even those around you that you think are the experts at one point in time, they didn't know anything either. (laughs) And they had to figure it out and navigate their way. And, you know, in some instances, you're going to just fall into something and uh, not even plan for it. And I think that's kind of the beauty of serendipity and the universe at times. Oh, I feel like we should just keep talking all day. <laughs> I've really enjoyed um, diving into this with you. Um, somehow we're already at rapid fire. So I'm going to just throw some questions your way. Super fun, off the cuff. Um, you can either give us one word or deep thoughts. It's really what comes to mind first. So I'm going to start with one of my favorite questions. And this actually fits really well with what you do. I would love to know right now, what would your theme song be? Right now, just based on the recent launch of the album and, uh, you know, having been a fan since I was in high school, uh, Beyonce's Cozy, oh, uh, nice. which is, you know, it's a fun dance track, but it's really about, um, you know, being cozy in your skin and feeling good about who you are and celebrating that. And I think that's a message that's extremely important and necessary. And I absolutely love that she did that track. Oh, that whole album. I, <laughs> I've had it on repeat um, quite a bit. Okay. That was a good way to start. Next up, what does self-care mean for you? Ooh, self-care is multifaceted to me. It's, um, you know, exercise, it's um, mental care. It's being able to have meaningful conversations and also the ability to share and vent about all sorts of things that are going through our minds. Um, It's about, you know, feeling, you know, beautiful and doing things that make you feel beautiful. Um, And it's also about, you know, surrounding yourself with, you know, people who fill you up, Mm -hmm. you know, who fill up that cup. 
Yeah, that yeah. to me is all self care, as well as you know, spending time with my little dog Oreo. That's another. Oh. You know, bringing myself joy every day with yeah. playtime with him. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? He's half Chihuahua, half Jack Russell Terrier, and he's oh just my. a little ball of love. <laughs> oh my gosh, mine! Um, I have a cockapoo named Duke. And he's actually, it was his birthday yesterday. It was his seventh oh, birthday. Oh, happy belated birthday. <laughs> he's hiding in the basement right now eating treats because that's the only way I can record anything without him being right <laughs> here so beside you. <laughs> All right. So we'll get two more. This one, I'm really curious as if we were to go back and, and meet little Carla in, in elementary school, what were you like and what were some of the subjects you loved? Oh my goodness. I was extremely shy. I was uh, pretty introverted. I was very observant and I was very curious. Um, I would say, you know, the subjects I loved as a kid were definitely music. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh goodness. I loved video games as a kid. Nintendo was definitely my jam. (laughs) Super Mario Brothers and all of that. I have two older brothers. So you know, it was always a balance between, you know, them playing music and having to pick who was my favorite. And then, (laughs) you know, who was I going to battle on, uh, you know, on the console? I love it. And then food, of course, as a little kid. Um, And I think also, you know, as, as a little kid, I was always very curious about connectivity and, you know, relationships and figuring out who my friends were going to be and, you know, who was I going to hang out with? Were we going to have a slumber party? You know, all those fun things, you know, let's do makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if we could go back, right? (laughs) Always fun time. Innocent time. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. This will be our last one. What is your word for this year or the year coming? I would say growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, while I I've achieved, I guess, you know, quite a bit um, to date in, in, in life, if you will, and, and then, you know, my two years into my, um, my company, I still feel like there's a lot of growth to be had. Um, personal growth, professional growth, um, growth within the company, expanding yeah. the company, um, and figuring out, you know, how we continue to iterate and meet the needs of the, of the industry and the artists, you know, uh, in the business and that are the future of the business. It's a good word to have because <laughs> if you're not growing and you're not pushing forward, you're, you're standing still. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you can tell that you're definitely moving forward. So I think that's fantastic. And we are here. I can't wait to share, you know, more about who you are and what you do with our community. Our job is to tell more stories like yours. We, we hope to inspire and continue to amplify women's voices. You're doing it with their actual singing voices and <laughs> we're doing it here. Um, you know, we, we love what we do and we're just so thankful that we can share stories like yours because, you know, women like you inspire so many of us to go after our dreams and keep doing the work that needs to be done. So thank you. Thank you so much for that, Maria. It's honestly an honor and and a privilege to be able to share my story and, you know, connect with other incredible women like you. And, you know, I hope to connect with more within the community. And I think my biggest thing is I truly mean it, you know, when it comes to self, uh, 
uh, or not just self-empowerment, but empowerment across the board. So if there's anyone in the community that ever wants to reach out, um, ask questions or anything like that, you know, it's an open door. That's amazing. Thank you. I might take it up myself, <laughs> um, but no, truly that that's what we need, right? We need to continue to band together and lift Absolutely. as we climb. Absolutely. Uh, so if you've been listening and you know you were inspired by Carla's story today and, and the work that she does, please feel free to share this episode with at least three other women. Like I said, our goal here is to continue to amplify and empower women um, and amplify their voices. So we'd love for you to share. And we'll be back very soon with another really great episode featuring another incredible woman. But until then, we hope that you have an incredible day. And thank you, Carla, for being here. We can't wait to do more with you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, everybody.